a I guess, piece of guidance or advice that usually I only give to certain clients. So your you know this the, your podcast today gets a kind of this advice I don't really say out to people. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth until tomorrow. No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of Humanity, that's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate, to a hypnotherapist, to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice, and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get from experts, as well as the stories of other makers, the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets, so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. My guest today is Ruby Le, also known as Ruby Love. From volunteering at the Sharps Children's Center to being the dance team coordinator at the Vietnamese American Youth Alliance, from the University of Southern California to a lead matchmaker for eHarmony, Ruby Love is the founder and dating coach at Good Gentlemen, where she helps good men find love with quality women without changing who they are or pretending to be someone they're not. She's an expert on love relationships, and attraction. Ruby, how are you today? I am doing well. Very excited to be here. How are you? I'm doing fine, and I know you're a great communicator, so it will be smooth and easy interview because you have so much to say that I'm excited to listen to. And to begin, what is the story that got you to become the Ruby Lay or Ruby Love that we know and love today? Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is quite a story. And I loved your intro because you took me back to things that I used to do and how that kind of transformed to who I am now. So this started back actually in high school. I started to realize I had a fascination with dating and relationships. And I was always that person people would go to for advice. And I started thinking at that time, is there anything I can do to help people like as a career in this field? But at that time, I didn't think there was a way. It, it was never a career option. Schools don't tell you you can be a dating coach. It's just not one of the options. So I went to school and did these other things, but always came back to really loving helping people in relationships. But I ended up getting my bachelor's in social work and my master's in marriage and family therapy. So I decided, why not be a couples therapist? That's a way. That's working with relationships. But then I realized that a lot of the couples shouldn't have been together in the first place. And that's when I realized, okay, my mantra, my biggest goal of my life is to make a difference. That is why I've done everything so far, whether that be through dance, whether that be through helping my Vietnamese community, I always want to make a difference. And what I've realized is, what if I help singles find the right person for them? 
then they'll be in long-term happy relationships. They don't have to be stuck on those couches that just don't get them anywhere. And I think I'll create more happiness in the world. So that's when I started helping singles. I was a matchmaker for different firms. And as you noted, then I started working for eHarmony as their lead, the lead matchmaker and coach and everything. And this is where I noticed that, quite honestly, I didn't want to have someone else telling me what to do. <laughs> That's a quite honest answer. I wanted to help people I was passionate about. I wanted to help people in a way that I feel would really work instead of somebody else telling me how I should work. So that's when I realized I could, I think I could do this on my own. And so that's what started my kind of entrepreneur journey. And uh, ever since then, it's been almost five years now since I've quit eHarmony. And now here I am helping the the good guys is exactly what you said. The good hearted guys who just need a little help in finding their love. I love that, actually. And it reminds me of something from uh, actually from the student of Peter Drucker, where he said that selection gets you much more than training. And that's what you said, that a lot of relationships shouldn't even be there in the first place. It's not about trying to fix a relationship with a person that is totally incompatible. It's about finding the right person that is the perfect match from the very beginning and growing together. At least that's my opinion. And you're the expert. And on that. And can you speak a bit about this? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And what I realized is when were we ever given the tool to know how to select the right person for us? We were given the tool to select maybe the right career. I remember being in school and getting a lot of quizzes on what kind of career I should be in. But in regards to love, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never even myself back in school learned. And so people tend to latch on to any person that kind of comes their way uh, in their life. And then they latch on to that relationship. But what they don't realize is that they don't have to force to make it work. They, there is someone that is compatible out there for them. They just don't know where to look. And that's where I come in. And that's why I love being able to kind of help my clients see that there are more opportunities and possibilities to find that right person. And she really is out there. And if you find that right person, it really changes your life around. You're not seeing yourself discouraged because that's what I saw. I saw people in those on those sofas and couches just tear each other up and they're just so unhappy in literally everything else in their life. Like love affects everything <laughs> that you have. So that's why I wanted to do it. I love it. And I remember someone once commented somewhere and they said, choose a person that chooses you to don't choose a person that you're breaking your neck to be with so like you said it will be smooth and it will happen naturally do you have a story of somebody who actually came to you and they were a bit hesitant or doubtful that that person exists for them out there but actually got it and they were so grateful and thankful to you Oh, absolutely. I honestly will say almost every person, not every person, but almost every person that comes to me is on the brink to just giving up and accepting that they're just supposed to be single for the rest of their life. It's a very heartbreaking conversation to have and to see someone in that place. But I feel that there are so many people who wonder and ask the question, when do you know when to give up? When do I know that that person is even really out there? Am I just wasting my time? It's probably the biggest question I get. Am I just wasting my time trying when it's not supposed to be? Uh, but so actually one of my favorite stories, and this is actually very recent because he just updated me, um, 
he was a client who's never had a girlfriend ever. 42 years old, never had a girlfriend or a date. Not even a date. He's maybe tried to talk to some women, but didn't even get a date from it. So he really thought, wow, at this age, there's no way <laughs> I can find that person. But hey, I'm going to come to you and let's see what we can do. So he was open to obviously any guidance or change, but but had little hope. And through our work together and helping him find that his confidence, helping him find hope again, like this is possible, giving him online dating strategies and conversation kind of strategies, building him up again. And fast forward, he went on a couple dates, got a girlfriend within the months that we were working together. And uh, he just emailed me just yesterday, wishing me a happy holidays. And they just had their one month wedding anniversary. And it's the same person that he was talking about when we were working together years ago. So it was just so amazing to see because he was saying that if it wasn't for the, the, the work that we had and building his confidence and knowing that it is possible, that there are ladies out there, you just can't see it quite yet. But if you try, you can do it. And now he's happily married. Like he has someone that is that loves him and he is now growing in all sorts of ways. He can't even imagine. Like that's just so rewarding to me um, and very heartwarming. I love that. And I actually was going to ask another question, but I will ask this question that comes to my mind right now. You know, there are people who say or argue and encourage men to be 100% honest and say that dating, attraction, and relationships is about totally showing the true you to the world and then finding the people who are compatible. While other people say, you are actually like destroying potential relationships and if you gave it a bit of time and if in the beginning you were more mellow and more um, like normal, I don't mean it normal as neutral before showing your true self, then people will warm up to you and all of that. Which camp do you uh, believe in and why would you even like, is it really a waste? Because some people, when they say, if I speak to someone and I say the truth and they reject me, that's a big loss. Do you consider that a big loss or actually a win and a longer term journey? Yeah, no, great. Wow, great question. So I'll answer the, 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 the last one you just asked, which is, is it a loss if you tell someone the truth and they reject you? I do not. I do believe that the goal, the goal and the intent of dating is two things. It's to connect with the person and to get an answer. Get an answer. It doesn't even mean get the yes. It's getting the answer because what I've seen people tend to do is they don't show their true feelings. They don't express that. And then months and months go by and they just don't know. They don't know if the girl actually likes them. So they're just being dragged along. And that means the pain just keeps growing and growing. You would rather rip the Band-Aid off your wound, right? <laughs> like just rip it off and know the answer and then you can move on, right? And quite honestly, if you are being your true self and they decide to reject you for that, why would you want that person in the first place? I think that's actually a blessing in disguise. Now, back to what you originally said about which camp I'm in. So <laughs> it's interesting because I feel that there are obviously gray areas in those kind of camps. So what I will say is I always, always encourage everyone to be their authentic self, to be their best selves, 
in front of anybody. It doesn't even have to be with dating. I think just in general to always bring yourself full self to the table is always the healthiest way to live life because you actually get authenticity back and you get the real answers back to you. Now, however, there are there's a difference between being your best self and being authentic versus let's say you're doing something because you're very nervous and you have a very bad habit and you're just kind of spilling all of your information about your dating history just because you're scared, right? And that that's what people think that, oh, because I've said everything, I've said ev- too much, that's what, that's what scares her away. And that is, that is true. If you just spill everything out on, the, on your brain and you're not actually listening to the person on the date and you feel like you're not being your best self and you're confident and you're calm, then it is easy for someone to kind of see that and be concerned. And that's why they decide to walk away or reject. It's not because, oh, well, I'm being my true self. What I've seen people do is they just have not the greatest habits. (laughs) Um, And they're realizing that they don't even know what their authentic self or best self is. So it's kind of a combination. It's like, for example, I always see tell the rule to people. You really don't want to, at times, talk about your past relationships on a first date. However, if you feel that it is the right time and you feel connected to that person, then I would hope you are telling her with the intent of sharing it because you want to move forward with her and not because you are fearful. Like it's not based off of fear. Um, it's not because you're scared that she'll, I don't know, find out all of a sudden and not like you in the future. Like if you're just coming from a place of connecting with her and just understanding and you're just being your true self, I think that's always the way to go. And if someone decides to reject you because of that, then good riddance. The only time people regret it is if they know they're doing it off of their own thoughts and, and, and fears kind of coming up for them. I hope that makes sense. It's kind of both answers, but I didn't really choose a camp. I love that answer. It's you're saying, basically, if I understood correctly, you have to be yourself. But the only way to be yourself is first to know yourself and to be mm-hmm. not nervous because nervousness will cover that true self with some something that isn't you that might lead to you getting rejected, but not because you're being yourself. It's because of those nervous habits that might come up. Exactly. And I know you have a really, really big and long experience with uh, IT guys, guys in the gaming industry, entrepreneurs, the the kind of guys who are more analytical, uh, and those are part of my audience that is significant. Well, first, what do you think are some of the common problems that such really good people, good men have, usually when it comes to love and relationships? Yeah, yeah. So two things to that, or two parts, is one, these guys are obviously really smart. They're great at what they do and they're quite logical and analytical, as you just said. But with that, what tends to happen in dating is that they're so smart and analytical that they think of all the different scenarios that can happen with one date or one interaction or if she doesn't answer you fast enough, what does that mean? So they do have more of a tendency to overthink and when they get stuck, they get very frustrated because you don't know kind of what went wrong. So what tends to happen is that they drop all these different conclusions. And then if if 
person A, which is girl A, let's say, if girl A does this, it must mean this. And then they'll stick it to that conclusion and that judgment. But unfortunately, it's actually not that simple because obviously there's another person involved that they're not understanding or aware of. But I definitely see that mindset, that tendency to think so much and so hard and then thinking that whatever they've concluded, it must be true. And that actually leads to the second point, which is that they think that ladies will think this way. They think that, oh, this is why she rejected me or this is why she didn't answer me. Uh, But what, what is happening is a lot of these guys have not been able to really practice their social skills as much as they like, especially if they're in any male-dominated career. They didn't have to interact with a lot of females. And especially if they've only focused on their career for a very long time, they're not putting themselves out there. They're not networking. They're not meeting new ladies. They're not practicing and it's a skill. And so what tends to happen with most of my guys is they don't, they don't know the cues They don't know the behaviors of ladies and what it means. Um, And they have to be a little bit more creative in kind of these dates and talking to them, but they don't know that side either because they don't really practice it. So I just feel like there's a lack of even interactions with women that doesn't help them kind of bridge the gap and connect in connecting with them. I love that. And I have a second question, but this came to mind. I was reading on Twitter, uh, someone posted that, if a girl likes you, she will let you know with her behavior. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask if, you know, the experience of guys where they find it difficult, where if they text a girl, she doesn't answer or she answers a week later, or she's like always maybe and all that. Do you believe they should persist or whatever that should be with such a, a girl or they should move on and find one who is putting as much effort into their the future and the beginning of the relationship as they are? And what parts of female psychology does this reflect? Those differences between a girl who is a bit more flaky and the one who is like, they should move on or not to find one? And do they even exist, such girls, you know, who would actually put as much effort as the guy? So great question. And um, this is a a piece of guidance or advice that usually I only give to certain clients. So your you know this the, your podcast today gets a kind of this advice I don't really say out to people. But but what I normally say to that is okay. First part is if she is not answering you quickly enough, she takes two or three days, whatever it is. First is to remember that. It's really easy to assume what the other woman is thinking. It's very easy to think that you may know women's psychology, but that's just not the truth. So to always remember first to give someone the benefit of the doubt until they're really proven guilty. And the only way they are proven guilty is if they give you the answer. So one, I always tell my clients, if she doesn't answer, make the move. Don't just wait for it. It's possible women get busy. It's very possible if you actually want a woman who is successful in her own right, she has a life, she has other things, she has a family, and that's not a bad thing to have. And usually when you're just beginning in the dating uh, phase, you're just getting to know each other, she doesn't owe you that time. She doesn't owe you to always be on the phone to answer you. So what I say is to always check in with her, seeing how she's doing, seeing if she answers. And if she continuously answers, if she's engaged, obviously, in the sense of she's answering you, but maybe she's a little slow, she's, and 
there's obviously a difference between having a slow response and being flaky. Um, but whichever it is, whatever problem or obstacle you're seeing that she has and she has a tendency to do it, there's a simple answer. And that is to ask her. That's it. And it's kind of like what I said before about you can get your answer. Get your answer. So I see a lot of guys just kind of sit back and think of all these conclusions when honestly she's the one with the answer. So in those scenarios, I would say, hey, if she's being flaky and saying maybe to you, then say, hey, I've noticed, you know, we've tried to meet two th- two times already and I know it's been hard for you to kind of commit. So I'm just curious. You can say that. So I'm just curious what's what's going on there or is there something going on or um, are you interested in still connecting with me? Because I'm not sure if you're interested. Just being that honest, calling her out on it. And quite honestly, quality ladies do appreciate a man who calls them out on these things. That's what helps them grow. Um, but in any of those cases, if she's just answering really slow, maybe she has a crazy job. So ask, hey, like it always seems like you're quite busy. Um, how is your work, by the way? What, what does that look like? Right? And then usually by then you can understand her more. And that it's that time, it's up to you to decide what you, whether you want to let it go or not. That's when it's in your court. If she answers you and tells you, yeah, I'm an ER nurse, so I work hours and hours at a time, and I'm quite honestly exhausted, so I just don't like looking at my phone. And if you realize that's not for you, then let it go. And that's that. So all I have to say to that is get your answer by asking her. And it's, it's not scary. It's how you ask it. And I don't think anyone should be scared of asking a girl to get a little clarification or, are you really interested in me? I see that you've been texting kind of on and off. What's going on there? And then that's how you get the answer. Thank you. That's actually a really, really good piece of advice. And I understand why you keep it to your own private client. <laughs> Although we're lucky today to have you share it with us and on a not totally related, but somewhat related note. Some men believe and think, okay, love is important, but I will leave it for the future. I will now focus on my career, on building those skills, on getting to financial independence, on doing this, that, and the other. And then when I feel ready, someday in the future, I will begin working on those social skills and finding a quality woman, and probably I will be a better man, and therefore she will like me more, etc. What do you think about this? Isn't this reasonable and right? And what is your opinion and thought? A short answer is I don't think that that is the best strategy to go about the areas in your life like finding love. Now, I will first say, of course, I still think that before you find anyone, you do need to have at least stability in your life, meaning that you at least have a job, you have, you can take care of yourself, you can provide food on the table. Um, that all is important. It's just stability. However, as you kind of mentioned, I do see a lot of people telling me that you know a factor of attraction is if you have major success and that you've made it. So they, they wait until they have their dream job, dream career, and then they think that all the women would just flood in afterwards. But that's that's not the case. Because if you do that, what tends to happen is you spent all these years on your career and just growing in your career. You're not growing in any other way in your dating life. And then what you realize is that after you've accomplished your career, you go out there to go find some ladies you realize, wait a second, I don't know what to do at all. 
because you do not grow in any social skills. If anything, you just talked business for all those years. You don't know where to look. And I think what really hits my clients hard is they notice they only aged. They only got older. And as you get older, your dating pool changes. The ladies, as they get older, they get more experience. They know what they're doing. And then what my clients realize is, I don't know what I'm doing. And because I don't know what I'm doing, that's actually not attractive. It's not about having the perfect life and knowing yourself fully and then having that right person. No one is perfect. I don't believe that we've all made it. I don't think there's such a thing. I think we're all growing every day and moving forward every day and becoming a little bit different. But what I do believe is hopefully you've at least found your placement enough. Maybe you have your dream job. You're working towards it. Um, And as you simultaneously hopefully work on your job, you can work on your other areas in your life like love and dating, trying to date, trying to get out there at the same time. Because what people don't notice is as you're growing in one area, it's possible to grow in another. Because let's say you had a good day or you had a promotion um, that week and that makes you inspired. So you're inspired, then you go on to dating. You feel good. So you're messaging more ladies. You feel confident. And then let's say you get a date. And when you got a date, you got more excited. So it goes back into your work because you feel motivated for work the next day. Like it really ties in together. And it's such an amazing feeling. Like, don't you think it would be such an amazing feeling that every step of your career milestone that you actually may have someone to spend it with? I think that's what people forget. It's not about just reaching success and that's it. It's about having someone kind of by your side as you are progressing. Um, And because when you have that right person next to you, you grow in ways that you can never grow by yourself. And you'll actually see your success and everything else grow as you kind of find that person um, yourself in that way. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Yes, it does. (laughs) And to ask you something that might seem very obvious, but can you define what is the right person and what is a good relationship? Because, you know, some men might assume or think or only have had experiences in bad relationships. So what they imagine to be the right person or the right relationship, they think, well, it's the worst evil possible or something (laughs) like that. And we didn't define it really in this um, podcast. So I would like you to open people's minds and eyes to the possibilities. Maybe if you have a story of someone who didn't think such a relationship is possible, also to share what is uh, like the right person, what is a a loving relationship, what is that thing that is defined by those terms? Sure. So, wow, that's that's going to be quite a big one because obviously the right person is different for everyone. But what I will say is if I can define a really good relationship and the right person for you, it's one – Someone who makes you always feel loved and values and makes you feel like a superhero and that you can do anything. That is the feeling that that is had when you find that kind of right person. There's that spark, that connection that you just you just feel like you just have all this energy just bolted into you um, and you feel invincible. That's the word. But also what I find more important that people forget, and this is how they kind of get stuck into those bad relationships, is obviously it's not all that because – Someone can make you feel that way, but they can be very toxic because they can bring you down at the same time. So what I always say is you want to align with somebody on lifestyles, values, and beliefs because that is the core to who you are. I realize what 
people tend to do is they kind of forget about their own personality and their own values. And to remember, when you're selecting someone, you want to select someone who's compatible with you. That is a key word. It's all about compatibility. And if you find someone that aligns with you, obviously on lifestyle values and beliefs, but then differs from you, of course, in certain areas, we don't all have to be exactly alike, um, but they differ in you to only help you grow and be better, then that is the right relationship. I feel like there's a tendency to think that you can't have it all. And so people, let's say, for example, will look at lifestyle. Let's say um, one of my guys is not outgoing at all. Like he's just not. He likes to be at home. He's introverted. And then a girl comes along. She's super outgoing. She loves going out. She likes going to the bars. She likes, you know, doing all of that. And a guy will just take it because they'll realize, well, hey, she made the move. I don't have anybody else. I guess I'll make it work. But I wish, I wish that she could have a little, <laughs> she could spend some time with me at home and not always be out. But oh, well, you know, but, but lifestyle is so important because that's how you live your life. And you would hope you want to spend quality time with someone um, day in and day out. And I would hope that people aren't sitting there in a relationship thinking, hmm, that's I could do, right? Like you win some, you lose some. <laughs> when you hear anybody say that, I think that's a very dangerous space to, to be in. Um, and an example I actually can think of is I think myself, I think I, there was a moment in my life where I was single for a while and I would get into not so great relationships knowing that they were missing something, but believing that, you know, that's all I could really get because nobody really has it all. But I mean, I, after doing all this work as well, and I try to practice what I preach, I noticed that, okay, if I write down everything that I am and who would be really compatible with me. I'm not going to get into a relationship until I find that person. And I know, I know he's out there. I just know it. And I had that hope and I had that belief. And I kept dating until I found that person. Uh, and, and I did. And honestly, what I can say is as an entrepreneur myself, if it wasn't for this boyfriend in my life right now, my success wouldn't have been as crazy as it is now. And not because he tried to advise me and everything. It's just because of the love that he has for me and how he builds me up. We have the same lifestyle values and beliefs and we inspire each other and it's just the best feeling to, to ever have. Thank you, Ruby. I mean, that's absolutely inspiring. Do you have any last words for men out there who wish to take care of this part of their lives, the lives but they're right now maybe hesitating or delaying or procrastinating or even afraid, which can be normal since it's stepping into the unknown, as well as how can people get in touch with you? How can they learn more from you? How can they hear more? So I guess I will leave it with this. You can never get something. You can't get something you've never had if you don't do something different going to have to do something you've never done to get something you've never had. So remembering that if you want that love, if you want that possibility, you're not going to get there if you don't try. All you can do is try. And I'm going to assume everyone that's listening right now knows in every other area, if you fail and if you fall, guess what? You just learn. You pick yourself back up and you keep going and you can do it. And if you need resources, well, I guess I'm one today, but then go look. And if you know you don't know something, then go go look to find that answer. But know it's possible. You just won't know it's possible until you actually try. 
Uh, and to get in touch with me, um, you can find me at goodgentleman.com and you can get for a resource, you can get my free ebook that I have on there. So it gives you the five steps to get quality dates. And you just go to goodgentleman.com slash ebook. And that's where you can download that. And it'll give you access to all my YouTube videos, all of my free advice out there as well. And you can get to know me and contact me through there. It's all in there. I love that. And it reminds me of a discussion I read once about whether humans have free will or are predestined. And where the predestined people say, well, you have no choice. Your life is already predetermined. You have nothing to uh, do about it. While other people say, no, you have total free will and you can create the life you want and have it all. And one person said, well, we cannot really know, but if it's predetermined and you give it your best shot, you lose nothing. But if it's totally free will and it's all up to you, well, you'll only know after you do that. So (laughs) the best strategy is actually to live as if you have 1000% control, responsibility, and free will, because you will do more, you'll be more. And either way, there is no downside to that. Yes, yes, I love that. I always end my emails or my phone calls with clients saying, you have the power, you have the control, and focus on that. Now take action, because quite honestly, it really is up to you. And it's powerful to, to remember that. And it feels empowering to remember that we have uh, control of our lives. So what are we going to do about it? Exactly. It's it's absolutely, you know, sometimes people say that human beings are uh, selfish in a way. Well, why not think positively selfishly that you are the center of the universe in the way that you have all the power to create the world you wish to create? Exactly. So it doesn't exactly. have to be narcissistic. It, it can be, okay, I'm self-centered in the way that I am the center of power in my universe, and therefore, I should exercise that power fully rather than being a victim. Exactly, exactly. I love that. Thank you very much, Ruby, for this beautiful podcast episode. It was very, very exciting. I wish it would last forever, but all good things must come to an end. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's been fun. Thank you. And uh, to the listener... Please go to Apple Podcast, write a review for this show so that I keep creating great content and so that this message gets across to more people. Thank you and have a great day. Mm-hmm.